welcome to Let the Boys Watch Football, a fantasy football strategy and advice podcast. I am your host, Alex Howard, and today, July 25th, we will be doing a mock draft, mock draft mania, mock draft madness. Maybe some of the listeners can help me come up with a name for it that's not quite as generic, but for now, it is what it is. We're running a mock draft. We want to put some of these lessons that we're talking about to the test, and I'm excited to do so. Let's get into it. Today, we'll be doing a mock draft using the Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, I I recommend you do so. Uh, It's a great app for running through mock drafts uh, using ECR, Expert Consensus Rankings which are an accumulation of rankings from top 100 or so uh, experts in fantasy football, which, in my opinion, gives you a more accurate list uh, to base your rankings off of. I'm going to be doing a a 10-team draft with one starting quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, a flex, either running back, receiver, or tight end, This is the format that I I have in most of my home leagues, so I'm going to do that. I will do uh, future mock drafts with different formats, uh, 12-team, maybe even 14-16 team, uh, and and switch up the positions a bit. But I figured to start, uh, this is a pretty common format, and uh, you can adjust according to your league settings. All right, so let's get started. So I'm drafting fourth overall. First off the board, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey. And so I'm a little conflicted here. So I have the options. The the top players I'm looking at are Austin Eckler, Bijan Robinson, Cooper Cup. Uh, I do like all three of these players quite a bit. I like Cooper Cup's potential. He, If Cooper Cup stays healthy, he could very well be the number one receiver this year. On a per-game basis, over the last few years, he's been the top receiver. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. I do think that the Rams are going to exceed expectations this year. And so having the top pass-catching option on the Rams, and uh, by by a wide margin, is pretty tempting. B. John Robinson, somebody I'm super high on as well. I would love to take him here. Austin Eckler, for whatever reason, I just have a stigma against him, and I I think it's because I keep expecting him to fall off a cliff. Uh, When running backs get older, we know that they can decline very quickly, and so my general draft philosophy, I'd rather take the younger running back. Running backs that are drafted as highly as B. John Robinson rarely disappoint when it comes to volume and skill level, but I'm going to go with Cooper Cup here. In my opinion, if Cooper Cup stays healthy, he should be one of the top one, two, three players when it comes to wins above replacement, uh, championships above replacement, and Bijan Robinson, while I love his potential, there's still the unknown of how he's going to fit into the offense, how he's going to be utilized with a new coach and in a new team that he's playing on, Austin Eckler, I do worry a little bit about the injury risk or the decline, which is ironic because Cooper Cup has been getting injured over the years. 
but I'm still going to roll the dice. On a per-game basis, Cooper Cup nearly assures you a victory on a week-to-week basis. So let's say he misses a, a stretch of games in the middle of the year, but he's back in time for playoffs, and he wins me a few games along the way. Um, I think I like having Cooper Cup on my team, so I'm going to start there. All right, so that was the 104. We wrap back around. I have the 207, so the seventh pick in the second round, number 17 overall. After I took Cooper Cup, eight eight running backs were picked since then. So in the next 12 picks, eight running backs went off the board. Three wide receivers went off the board, and Travis Kelsey went off the board. So I'm looking now. I Generally, my philosophy here will be if there's a huge run on running backs and I kind of miss it, uh, then I'm likely going to take a receiver. That said, uh, Derrick Henry is still here, so he's ranked 13th in ECR. A.J. Brown is 17th in ECR. Devontae Adams, then Amon Ross St. Brown. Garrett Wilson's. We've got some really good receivers here. And one good running back. Let's see. If I look farther down, it does start to get very slim at running back just after that. We have Brees Hall, who's coming off an injury. That makes me nervous, even though he should bounce back and have a decent year. I still I still get nervous about making my second pick somebody who needs to recover from that injury still. There's a chance that it is prolonged and it takes him much longer to get back. Najee Harris is next. Uh, Najee Harris I am very low on. I would not take him here. So I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry should be the featured player on his team. Uh, They did just get DeAndre Hopkins, but with an unstable quarterback position, I would expect uh, that they'll continue to feed Derrick Henry. So I'm going to take him. All right. After Derrick Henry went Patrick Mahomes, Amon Ross St. Brown, A.J. Brown, Brees Hall, Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams. Okay, this actually is, is working out well for me. So now I'm looking at Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Najee Harris, Mark Andrews, Chris Olave. And I would break break the tier there. Um, I swear I'm not going just by rankings, but Garrett Wilson is here right at the top. And Garrett Wilson is somebody that I'm very, very high on this year. He produced exceptionally for fantasy football last year with terrible quarterback play. And this year he has Aaron Rodgers. I would expect that Garrett Wilson is going to be a breakout player, and I think he's going to be well worth the draft capital here. So I'm going to take Garrett Wilson. So now I'm looking at a team that starts with Cooper Cup and Garrett Wilson at wide receiver and Derrick Henry at running back. So that brings me to the 37th overall pick. Between my third and fourth pick, there were six running backs taken out of 12 picks, three wide receivers, uh, two quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, and uh, Mark Andrews was selected as well. So now looking at the ECR, the next couple of running backs. Next few running backs are J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Damian Pierce. I would be happy selecting any of these running backs for my team. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a reach still. So we have Chris Olave still on the board. 
Now, I have two very good wide receivers already, but that positional advantage that Chris Olave gives us is, in my opinion, more valuable than what I perceive as the, the positional value of J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers. Uh, either of them could pop and have a big year and be highly productive, but they're pretty far down the rankings at this point. Um, none of them are ranked in the top 37, which is where I'm drafting. Chris Olave, he is likely alongside Garrett Wilson, uh, top candidate to break out this year so I would love to get him on the team I also have DK Metcalf sitting sitting here should be a good selection and then we have TJ Hawkinson is the next tight end up I'm not incredibly high on him at least not in the fourth round Lamar Jackson's a little bit farther down so is Joe Burrow but I should be able to get them in the next round if, if, I, if I choose to, to select them. So I'm going to take my top receiver available here, Chris Olave. I'm picking him over DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen. Part of the reason that I would favor Chris Olave over these players is when we talk about upside, I mean, Chris Olave, he was on pace to be the rookie of the year last year. Um, he was having an incredible year with with pretty poor quarterback play in New Orleans. This year, he gets Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not a world beater, but he is consistent. He's a good quarterback. He should be good enough to to get Chris Olave the ball. And if Chris Olave stays healthy and has a year that is a step up from last year, uh, he should be an incredible producer for this offense. So now I have three three wide receivers, and one running back. So it's time for me to prioritize running backs and quarterback and tight end. Okay, so looking at the options here, we have Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, and Alexander Madison as the next running backs. We have Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley as the next wide receivers. But I'd prefer to not take a wide receiver unless the value is just too good to pass up. Um, while there is good value with Amari Cooper here, about seven picks later than where I have him ranked, um, I'm not going to compromise the, the construction of my team at this point uh, to load up on wide receiver when I use three of my first four picks on wide receiver. At this point, you may you may choose to to go quarterback or tight end. We've got George Kittle is still available. We've got Lamar Jackson and then Justin Fields still available at quarterback. But I'm going to go with a guy that has been highly productive. He has been a very viable starting running back when he's in, and I believe that he's going to come back healthy this year and. He'll return to that running back one, maybe a high-end running back two. This year, with a full workload and his health, he has been getting rave reviews out of the off-season workouts and training camp. Sean McVay's talked about him several times, saying that he looks great. He's getting the workload. So Cam Akers is going to be my pick. He'll be my second running back, locking it in. Okay, it looks like we've got to run on wide receivers. So 
eight wide receivers taken with the next 12 picks, along with George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, and Lamar Jackson. So now that I have my two starting running backs, I have two starting wide receivers and a flex, which is a wide receiver, I'm going to prioritize quarterback and tight end if it's if it makes sense, if it's reasonable. And then I'll prioritize an additional running back after that. So looking at the quarterbacks I have in front of me, uh, let's see, we have Justin Fields, we have Justin Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence. After Trevor Lawrence, I'm not super interested in drafting a quarterback before, say, the 10th, 11th round. Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott are next in the rankings, followed by Tua, followed by Daniel Jones. But the list goes, for me, the list goes 14, 15, 16 quarterbacks deep, where I would be okay picking one of those guys if I don't get the top eight guys, ending with Fields, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. So at this pick, the 57th overall pick, round six, pick seven, I'm going to take Justin Fields. Um, his rushing his rushing ability gives him a very safe floor. So at very least, I can have him produce regularly, if not exceed expectations regularly. And I can allow my my stellar wide receivers to take over and score me those extra points that are going to win me weeks. So I'm going to take Justin Fields here. All right, back around to the 64th pick, round seven, pick four. I'm going to take a quick look at tight end. So at tight end, uh, six have been selected. So now we're looking at Darren Waller, Pat Fryermuth, Evan Ingram, David Njoku, and the list goes on. At this point, I do like Darren Waller. However, I think that there is a pretty dramatic risk-reward with Darren Waller. And when I say that, I mean the risk is he might just be the same as every other tight end. Typically, there's only two, three, maybe four tight ends that separate themselves over the course of a season and make it worth drafting them and starting them week after week. But in all reality, it, you know, if you don't if you don't get one of those guys, you're going to be switching up your tight end position or you'll be keeping the same guy in there and getting about the same result, which is a mediocre 60 yards, couple few catches and Every once in a while, you'll get a touchdown, but um, for the most part, after those first few guys, the tight end doesn't tend to exceed those expectations very often. Now, the, the catch with Darren Waller, uh, he does have the potential to, to exceed those expectations. A few years ago, he was one of those elite tight ends, and due to injury and some misfortune, he just hasn't been that elite guy over the last year or two. Uh, now he's in a, a new new system in New York, playing for the Giants, uh, new quarterback, new coach, the whole deal. And while I believe in his potential to perform at that elite level and be their top receiving option, especially because there isn't a well-defined number one receiver on the team, I'm not going to bank on that with this draft. I'm going to go ahead and take another skill position player, a running back or a receiver, 
to give myself some depth there and uh, ensure that I have a backup either at running back or receiver in case one of my one of my top guys goes goes down. Give myself a little bit of security there. At this point, I do like to look at my team and make sure I'm not loading up too much on players with the same bye week. So looking at this here, I have Cooper Cup, bye week 10, Garrett Wilson, bye week 7, Chris Olave, bye week 11. So all my receivers have different bye weeks. At running back, I have Derrick Henry, bye week 7, Cam Akers, bye week 10. So ultimately, as long as they're not, you know, the same position group isn't all the same uh, bye week, I, I feel good about it. So at this point, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about about bye weeks uh, because so far I haven't doubled up on anything. So looking at my options here, the top ranked guys I have James Conner, Rashad White. So Rashad White is running back for the Tampa Bay Bucks. He should be the premier back in Tampa Bay. My biggest concern with him is strictly the offense. I think Rashad White's a fine player, uh, but if the offense doesn't move, if they can't get anything going, then I don't like his chances of being a top fantasy producer. James Conner, somewhat similar. Their offense likely won't produce much. However, we've, we've seen him be a productive fantasy player on bad teams. So there's a chance that he could be a, a good pick here in the seventh round. And then at receiver, we have Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk's an excellent receiver on an offense who has an abundance of options. So the problem there is on a week-to-week basis, the, the 49ers may choose not to utilize him. If given the, the opportunity, he can be an excellent producer, performer. We've seen him do it, and I would trust him in this range. We also have Christian Kirk. To me, I, I just can't get excited about Christian Kirk. I may I may end up selecting him, but, but really... Uh, He's kind of ho hum. He's kind of he's going to give you uh, mediocre performances. Sometimes he'll exceed that. He'll score a touchdown or two, and you'll be happy. But I just can't get excited for Christian Kirk. David Montgomery's also here. Mike Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, Deontay Johnson. But I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, maybe maybe a bit of a homer pick. I'll admit it, but. Uh, Brennan Ayuk, I think, is still ascending in his career. He's getting better and better. Last year, he started out in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, which I honestly don't even know what the the source of that was, why he ended up in the doghouse. But for whatever reason, Shanahan was not giving him much playing time, many uh, many looks when when the offense got going early in 2022. But towards the end of the season, uh, there was a clear shift. Brandon Ayuk was an excellent performer in the back half of the season, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take him with the hope that that continues. And if he starts to break out and have a great season early in the year, then I'll have an additional receiver uh, to to give me some depth at that position. Okay, now it's back to me at pick 77 in the eighth round. Healthy mix of quarterbacks, running backs receivers taken since my last pick so now on the board in the eighth round i'm looking at isaiah pacheco 
should be the lead running back for the Chiefs. Deontay Johnson, he's an interesting one. Um, Many people are out on Deontay Johnson this year because of last year's performance. But some of the more advanced stats uh, tell us for a player to get that many targets and that many red zone targets as he did last year, it's a true anomaly that he did not score a single touchdown last year. And so many of the experts are expecting that positive regression will set in and Deontay Johnson will have a much better season and outperform where he's being ranked currently. Marquise Hollywood Brown, uh, he's available since the Cardinals lost DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, People are expecting Marquise Brown to exceed expectations this year. I'm not really much of a believer, so I'm actually going to pass on him. I'm going to take Isaiah Pacheco here. I, from what I saw last year, Isaiah Pacheco is a very good running back. So I'm going to take the take the chance and say, hopefully he pans out. And if he does, then I could be looking at a third startable running back, if not a league winning running back. In Andy Reid's offense with Patrick Mahomes, if this guy is special, if he does an excellent job, then he could easily be a top 10 running back in fantasy football. So looking at my team now, I have at running back, Derrick Henry, Cam Akers, Isaiah Pacheco. At receiver, I have Cooper Cup, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Brandon Ayuk. And at quarterback, I have Justin Fields. Still need to grab a tight end Need some more depth at running back. And then towards the end of the draft, I'll be taking defense and kicker. Deontay Johnson's still sitting there. That's very tempting, but I don't think I need a a fifth receiver. Jahan Dotson also sitting there. Darren Waller is still available. I have Brian Robinson available, running back for the Washington Commanders. So I think I'm between Darren Waller Brian Robinson, Khalil Herbert. This is tough. I I would like to get Darren Waller, and it is the ninth round. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Darren Waller here uh, because I don't want to. At this point, this is good value. Uh, At this point, I think Darren Waller should have been taken by now. And like I said earlier, there is a chance that he absolutely pops. He could be the number one receiver for the Giants. So I'm going to take him here and fill my tight end position before he gets taken. All right, so now we're in the 10th round. starting to look slimmer. Let's look back again at my roster. So still have three running backs, four receivers, but now I have my tight end and my quarterback. So I feel good there. But I do need some depth at running back. I'll probably go running back, running back here just because I feel very good about my four receivers. So let's take a look at running backs. We have Rashad Penny, Samaje Pirine, Damian Harris for the Buffalo Bills, Zach Charbonnet, rookie for the Seattle Seahawks, Elijah Mitchell, backup for the 49ers, and I'm going to go with Samaje Pirine. Javante Williams, who's the starting running back for the Denver Broncos, uh, he's coming off a major injury from last year, and according to Javante Williams, he Feels like he may start as soon as week one of the NFL season. But 
from what I hear, uh, there's some concern that he may not be ready for week one. At this point in the draft, we're taking long shots, right? So I think it I think it becomes a question of Samaj P. Ryan versus Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet, he uh, has a ton of potential. He's a great running back out of UCLA. He's a rookie. The problem there is Kenneth Walker is is there. He should be the starter. And Kenneth Walker's really good. And he's stayed mostly healthy so far. Uh, last year was his rookie season, so he's young. He uh, is explosive. He should continue to get a majority of the workload. With Javante Williams possibly out for the start of the year, there's a chance that Samaj P. Ryan dominates the workload right out of the gate. So that gives me two advantages. One, one advantage is I have a guy from week one that I can evaluate and see if he's someone I want to keep on my team for the season. So that's a huge advantage. Whereas if I say had Javante Williams, he would take up a roster spot on my team for say four weeks before I even know what I have with him. Even if he's playing from week one, uh, Javante Williams, you still may not know because if he's injured at all and there's kind of that built-in excuse of, well, he hasn't performed yet or he hasn't gotten the workload yet because he's still recovering from that injury. We see it time and time again where that kind of story just lingers and lingers and lingers, and then you're halfway through the season without a productive running back, whereas Samaj P. Ryan, if Javante Williams is out at first, we at least get to see him in the Sean Payton offense. So brand new coach. Brand new offense. We'll get to see what Samaj P. Ryan can do. And maybe he exceeds expectations. And maybe I'm looking at a starting running back for the season. So I'm taking Samaj P. Ryan. So now I'm in the 11th round, pick number 104 overall. I have four running backs, four receivers, quarterback, and tight end. At this point, I do want to add another running back to my team. Uh, to give me additional depth and a, a skilled player to to have on the team in case one of my running backs goes down. And Zach Charbonnet, rookie running back for the Seattle Seahawks, is still available. So he is going to be my selection here. All right, now I'm in the 12th round. I have five running backs, four receivers, a tight end and a quarterback. I'm looking at tight ends, running backs, receivers. At this point, I do want to take a look and just see who the best value is, regardless of position for the most part. Looking down the list, the top ranked are Pat Fryermuth, Dalton Schultz, so two tight ends, then Jarek McKinnon, running back for the Chiefs, Zay Flowers, wide receiver for the Ravens, rookie receiver, and then more tight ends, and then Alan Lazard, and then Darnell Mooney. So a couple interesting things here. I do I do like having the option to stack players towards the end of the draft. So looking at my roster, I have Isaiah Pacheco. Might not be a bad idea to put Jarek McKinnon on my team. That way, if Jarek McKinnon starts to take over the workload, I can sub him in instead of Isaiah Pacheco. Zay Flowers, I do like what I'm hearing out of camp. So 
what we're hearing from Ravens training camp is that Zay Flowers is standing out as the number one receiver. That's really encouraging to hear. You never know for sure if they're just blowing smoke or if that's the truth. But regardless, uh, it might be worth taking the shot there. And then Alan Lazard, he's tempting. Uh, Pair him with Garrett Wilson. And then on the off chance that Aaron Rodgers favors Lazard, then uh, I have that backup option. And then Darnell Mooney, he's tempting just because I have his, I have the quarterback, I have Justin Fields. And so it might be nice if Dar- Darnell Mooney is his top receiver to have the option to play them both at the same time. Give me that stack. All that said, I'm actually going to go with Pat Fryermuth. The value here is is very good, and I'm not I'm not totally sold on my tight end right now. So I'm going to get him. I think he's going to be good over the first few weeks. My plan would be to evaluate evaluate uh, both tight ends, see how they're playing, see if it might be worth dropping one, or if I want to sub one in one week and then the next guy in the next week, uh, just based on their matchups. So I'm going to go Pat Fryermuth. Okay, now I'm in round 13. In this draft format, we have 15 rounds. So what I like to do here is third to last round, take a look at defenses and kickers and see if there's somebody that is at the top and that I, I would want to pick here. If not, I'll wait till the next round, but I'm going to take a look. So for the defenses, okay, the San Francisco 49ers have been taken. That would be my top defense. Then it's the Cowboys, the Bills, the Eagles, the Patriots, and so on. At kicker, we have all the kickers still available. So Justin Tucker is the top guy. In this situation, I don't really care about getting the second-ranked defense. If I can get the the top-ranked defense here, I will. If not... I'm perfectly fine taking the 11th best defense, the 16th best defense. Um, Defenses are notoriously tough to predict. And so if I can get my top option, great. But if I can't, uh, I will just punt on the position and wait till the very end. So I'm going to take Justin Tucker here. And then I'll take another skill position player in the 14th round. And then I'll take a defense with my last pick. So Justin Tucker is the pick. Okay, and a run on defense. So yeah, so eight eight defenses have been taken now. And so I'm not going to bother uh, using my pick here to take a defense because I can just wait till the last round. There might be one or two more defenses taken in the next few picks, but I might as well round out my skill position players. So I have four receivers still five running backs, two tight ends. I'm going to look for a receiver first, but honestly, I just want a potential home run hitter. I don't really care too much if um, if I have the extra depth because you could pick up depth on the waiver wire if you just want a guy to fill a spot for one week. So looking at the options, one that stands out to me right away, Jalen Warren, he's the backup running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't know exactly what it is, but something doesn't feel right about Najee Harris this year. I I know that's not real analysis, but um, 
I'm high on Jalen Warren. I, I hear very good things. I hear that uh, he's very capable. He's going to get more work this year. So even if Najee Harris doesn't totally give up a ton of workload or get injured or anything like that, he may still be somebody that you could you could use in a pinch. But if Najee Harris were to get injured, Jalen Warren is stepping into workhorse back situation. And so I think even though there's some some good receiver options still available, Alan Lazard, Darnell Mooney, because I used three out of my first four picks, I would rather load up on one additional upside running back. In that way, I have more shots at it, whereas I feel much more confident in my in my players that I have already at, at receiver. I can't imagine drafting somebody this late and starting them over really any of the four guys, but especially my top three. So I feel pretty secure there. I'm taking Jalen Moore. And with my last pick, I'm going defense. Uh, the one I wanted was taken. So I was looking at the Miami Dolphins. They were still available. Unfortunately, they were taken, but that's okay. I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe Cleveland Browns, Los Angeles Chargers, Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs. I think I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Traditionally, whenever they've had T.J. Watt on the field and healthy, he's been uh, kind of the catalyst that makes their team go. He is coming into the year healthy. If he stays healthy all year, they should absolutely be a top 10 defense. So I'm going to put my money there. And the nice thing about waiting on defense, if you don't get your top option or your top two options, is you may very well be looking to drop your defense after a couple weeks. You can pick one up. If you know that you waited on defense and you may not have gotten the one that you wanted, uh, just know that going into the season, be ready to make a move if the team is not performing well. And if you see another defense out there that that looks pretty good week one, go ahead and add them and and, uh, see where that takes you. So I'm going to go Pittsburgh Steelers. So my final roster at quarterback, I have Justin Fields. At running back, I have Derrick Henry and Cam Akers. At running back, I have Derrick Henry, Cam Akers. At wide receiver, I have Cooper Cup, Garrett Wilson. And at flex, I have Chris Olave. At tight end, I have Darren Waller. Defense, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. And at kicker, I have Justin Tucker. On my bench, I have Brandon Ayuk, Isaiah Pacheco, Samaj P. Ryan, Zach Charbonnet, Pat Fryermuth, and Jalen Warren. Ultimately, I, I, I have to say, I don't feel great about this team. Um, I, would, I would have liked to have gotten higher, higher draft capital running backs and possibly just different running backs. Um, there's a chance that Cam, Cam Akers doesn't pan out. Derrick Henry is getting older. He could get hurt. Um, if that's the case, then I'm really kind of out of luck with running back, unless one of my other guys, Isaiah Pacheco, Zach Charbonnet, Samashe P. Ryan, Jalen Warren, unless they pan out. But if my running back position works out, I actually think this is a phenomenal roster. So uh, there's, and, and that's part of just fantasy football, right? It's It comes down to luck sometimes. We don't know for sure if Cam Akers or Derrick Henry are going to have good seasons. But that's why we play the game.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Let the Boys Watch Football. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, like, and tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram at ltbwfootball, all one word, to stay engaged throughout the week. Have a great week and see you next time.